Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Let me ask you, when is the last time that you really smiled? And I mean it, really smiled. Something that happened to cause you to grin from ear to ear. Do you know someone like that? Someone who needs to smile more often? There are some people that we encounter, they seem to be miserable no matter how good things might be for them. They always find a reason to complain. But then there are those people who, you know, they, <laughs> they seem to always be happy. Do you know somebody like that? Every time that you see them, they always seem to be upbeat. They always have that positive attitude. They seem to have that joy that's centered deep down inside of them. And they impact everyone around them with that joy. You know, it's infectious. I'd like to share with you a story that I came across a while back. CBS Evening News, um, they have this segment that they run periodically, and it's called On the Road. And back in 2015, one of their correspondents, Steve Hartman, he did this short feature on a little boy named Jaden Hayes. And Jaden, he has every reason in the world to be sad, but in spite of his circumstances, Jaden is a person who will almost certainly make you smile if you meet him. So... Here, give a listen to Jaden's story. It is every kid's worst nightmare, and six-year-old Jaden Hayes has lived it twice. First, he lost his dad when he was four. Then last month, his mom died unexpectedly in her sleep. I tried and I tried, I tried to get her away. Couldn't. Jaden is understandably heartbroken. Anybody can die. That's anybody. But there's another side to his grief a side he first made public a few weeks ago when he told his aunt and now guardian, Barbara DeCola, that he was sick and tired of seeing everyone sad all the time. And he had a plan wow. to fix it. And that was the beginning of it. That's where the adventure began. <laughs> Jaden asked his aunt Barbara to buy a bunch of little toys and bring them here to downtown Savannah, Georgia, near where he lives. Thank you, sweetie. So he could then you want me to have it? give them away. Thank you, man. What is it you're doing? Well, I'm trying to make people smile. Rubber duckies, dinosaurs. Because those are the things that make people smile. Yeah. See that man right there? Jaden targets people who aren't already smiling and then turns their day around. You made me smile. He's gone out on four different occasions now, and he's always successful. It's to make you smile. Even if sometimes he doesn't get exactly the reaction he was hoping for. It is just so overwhelming to some people that a six-year-old orphan would give away a toy expecting nothing in return except a smile. Of course, he is paid handsomely in hugs. And his aunt says these reactions have done wonders for Jaden. It's like sheer joy came out of this child. 
And the more people that he made smile, the more this light shone. Jaden says that's mostly true. But I'm still sad that my mom died. I bet you are. This is by no means a fix. But in the smiles he's made so far, nearly 500 at last count, Jaden has clearly found a purpose. I'm counting on it to be 33,000. 33,000? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big goal. Mm-hmm. You think you can make that goal? Uh-huh. I think I can. I think he just did. Steve Hartman on the road in Savannah, Georgia. Isn't that just a remarkable story? You know, Jaden losing both parents but wanting to go out there and make people smile. And I really like how his Aunt Barbara described what she saw. Did you hear that line? She said, it's like sheer joy came out of this child. And the more that he made people smile, the more this light shone. And Jaden's reason for trying to make everyone smile. Did you catch that? He he said he was tired of seeing everyone sad all the time. And as a six-year-old... Having both of his parents die within a couple of years of each other, I bet he did have a bunch of sad people around him. I would guess that all kinds of adults that he would see, they were sorry for him. You know, they would have that pity on his situation. Maybe he wanted to console him. And so he probably saw that again and again and again. But if you've been around six-year-old children, they'd much rather be happy and be playing and laughing rather than be sad or dwell on sad events. But, you know, the older that we get, the easier it is for us to get caught up in our sufferings, in those tragic events that happen to us. I think the older that we are, the easier it can be sometimes to wallow in our misery. And there are many people who have all kinds of sad or heartbreaking circumstances in their lives, and that might be you. But even if we do have reasons for being sad, how can we find joy in those moments? In the opening lines of his letter in the New Testament, St. James, he says, Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. At the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he has those beatitudes that are fairly familiar. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek. But at the very end, he said, Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. So rejoice and be glad when you're persecuted. Consider it joy when you encounter trials. Well, that might sound okay, might sound doable on the surface when everything is going well in your life, when the bills are paid, when the car's running, when the family is healthy, but when you're facing those trials in your life, when you're in the midst of those difficulties, how can we still have that joy, a joy that lets us persevere? Today, that's what we want to talk about here on The Inner Life, having that deep, abiding joy that comes from knowing Christ, from being united to Him through the church, through the sacraments, through prayer, and joining us to help us look at how we can have that joy in our life. One of our regular spiritual directors, Father Sam Martin, he's a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. He's the pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, Wisconsin. Father Martin, so glad to have you back here on The Inner Life today. And uh, when's the last time you smiled? Well, certainly listening to Jaden's story, I loved his accent and uh, everything about the kid. I Sometimes you hear somebody or about a person, you think, gosh, it'd be nice to meet him someday. What will uh, his life be? How much joy will come through him? And uh, 
So I think I smiled uh, during that a few times, actually. So not that I keep uh, a tally, but... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not not making uh, hash marks on the wall of every time you smile. That's... Uh, yeah, if you have to keep track of how often you're smiling, that might be an indication that something needs to change anyway. But, um, you know, to start off as we're talking about how we can have that joy, you know, I, I mentioned smiling, but let's talk about what we really mean in talking about joy. You know, there are those times where we might be happy for a period, for a moment, but we're not just talking about being happy because of everything going well in our lives. How does joy, that joy that is rooted in Christ, how does that go beyond mere happiness? Well, the key is it's so much more objective. Where happiness is kind of like, you know, that it's, we can get turned in on ourselves and am I happy and what makes me happy? And, and uh, joy is this relationship that Jesus said, I wish that my joy were in you and your joy were complete. So that's the whole goal is to be in right relationship with God. And then the joy is, is a part of that. And then the focus really is on, on someone else. I mean, where we get caught up in just me and what I want, what I need, what I, my worries, my limitations, my struggles, then it's a pretty small world. It just collapses. But if I'm thinking about the Lord, and, and this is the shock, is that, um, you know, Jesus just says, well, come and see, you know, follow me, just, you know, live the life. And and give it a shot, and, and that's the shock, that's the paradox, is that, um, you know, Mother Teresa said that I've discovered that if I love uh, until it hurts, well, there is no hurt, there's only more love. I mean, that you would think, well, if it, if it hurts, then it's got to be miserable, but she said that the love always was enough, it was sufficient. Mm-hmm. But she's saying that it's not her love, it's the love of God, and she recognized, you know, and this is the hard thing for us as human beings, is to really taste and see the love that God has for us personally, that he, he knows us, he cares about us, he he smiles every time he sees us, you know, I mean, I sometimes I think when I walk in the church, if if it could happen, you know, Jesus in the tabernacle, it'd be a big smile, like the Cheshire cat up there, just every time I walk in, he's just so happy, because he made me, and he died to save my soul, and he's he just wants to be with us, I mean, God Emmanuel, with us until the end of the age, and the, and the sacraments and other beautiful ways, but preeminently in the Eucharist, he's smiling, that's my, he's joyful, and he wants to share that joy, but um, when we turn in on ourselves, it's like a flower that closes its petals. I mean, it just can't absorb the sun, and then uh, all the things that come from that sun, the life and the, uh, the beauty and, and all those things, well, then it's, it's not that the sun stopped shining, but the flower just decided it uh, wasn't going to receive anymore. And that's what happens, I think, for us, is the receiver uh, gets broken or damaged or uh, turned off and it's out of service, and uh, then we just don't experience the joy that God wants us to have. Mm. You know, let's talk on the other side of that, too, then. You know, when we aren't receiving that joy that God wants us to have, we have those moments where we face those difficulties in our life, how does our joy in Christ help us to carry on? And I, I think it's important to make that distinction here. We're not talking about trying to ignore or shrug off the, th- the things in life that really do bring us sorrow or pain or grief. You know, I mean, if, if you lose a loved one, if they die, you shouldn't try and ignore that and say, I'm going to remain joyful in spite of it and try and do it on our own. That's the other thing that I think might be important to talk about here, not doing it on our own, not ignoring those things. We want to be honest about the things that make us sad. Um, And we even look at the life of Christ. You know, when Lazarus, when he died, we see Jesus really just broken up over 
the death of Lazarus there, even though he knows that he's going to bring Lazarus back to life. But when we're experiencing those moments where others might say things look hopeless, in Christ we have the most perfect hope that can still bring us joy in the face of sadness, in the face of hopelessness. Yeah, God gave us the full range of emotions, so we always want to, uh, as we grow closer to the Lord, those are more integrated. We're more aware of those that, uh, you know, today I'm sad, and, and we try to, you know, through prayer, maybe kind of discover where's that coming from, and but we don't run away from it, and I think that we live in a world that is afraid to grieve, afraid to experience sorrow, but that's how we heal, that's how, and that's why funerals and, and you know, burying the dead, all these things are so important for us because it's how we love. I mean, if there's no uh, sorrow, well, then, uh, you know, that we just, we, something about our love depends on that suffering. That's how it grows. Uh, St. John of the Cross said that suffering is the mark of one who loves. So the full range of emotions, we don't just, well, just be happy. You know, it's not some superficial thing. There's some face that I just put on and put on my happy smile now and just fake it till I make it. No, that the, the grieving, the sorrow, all that is a part of, of real joy. Uh, that it was Don Marmion, he was a, a great spiritual writer. He said that joy really is the echo of the divine life within us. And so that means that life that is, is of God, that's breathed into us by creation, but uh, especially animated through the sacraments and baptism, that now comes alive and is given a potential that it didn't have before. And uh, that life that we acknowledge that has all the full range of, of the sorrows and the joys, and, and um, we can't handle these things on our own, but we can acknowledge. We become aware of them. And then in the, the spiritual life that Jesus wants to teach us, we're more able to kind of see where we are and, and why we're there, and, and these things are always passing. But I see when people really grieve, you know, sincerely, like at a funeral, they also need to laugh. It's a, it's a very natural thing. I mean, it's no sooner is the funeral mass over than they're, everybody's kind of, you know, they're, they're talking about the person who is deceased, you know, and the, the things they remember, the, the great joys that um, they experience together. And they can be so close to each other, side by side, to show that, Joy and sorrow are not enemies. In fact, there's a complementarity, that they're old friends. They recognize that even in the greatest struggles of human life, sometimes we catch ourselves and we kind of have a chuckle and say, okay, Lord, I guess you, know, you haven't abandoned me. You know, we'll get through this too. And uh, other people have been down this road and they survived, and so I will too. And I think especially, you know, that's... Um, the old uh, tradition of the, the Easter laugh, right, is that we were supposed to, as preachers, make the people laugh. Like, you know, this is what God did. He, he caught the devil in a, in a, you know, he just couldn't, the devil couldn't believe that he, you know, uh, he was handled so easily, you know, that uh, he was duped. And, and so we're supposed to make the people laugh. Like, see, ha-ha, I got you. And why would you laugh on a day like, well, because God... In the greatest sorrows, he already sees the way out. He is the way out, and uh, he understands. And it's when we forget that or we don't let him help us. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just despair, darkness, depression. Uh, because like you said, uh, Josh, that sometimes we're trying to fix it. You know, I, I can handle it, and we can't. You know, you're not going to fix yourself or uh, take two of these and call me in the morning. I mean, if that worked, then, uh, you know, we'd be out of work, Josh. We wouldn't have a show here. We'd just be... Right, uh, yeah, as Jesus said, it's the sick that need a doctor, you know. Right. And acknowledging that is a part of being a realist, just being honest, being humble, and saying, "Okay, uh, you know that that's where we start." But that doesn't, you know, mean that we're stuck there. Is uh, the way out is is always that first step of being aware. This is what all the spiritual writers will help us, and that's what prayer 
is much more facile. It's much more uh, efficient in determining that, okay, you know, Houston, we have a problem. And we become aware of it. Then we bring that to prayer. And the Lord always sorts it out. I mean, that's a, the crucifix is a reminder. God can draw good out of anything. And he will, if we let him. Uh, or he'll wait if we won't. And, uh, and God's very patient. But we, um, you know, that so many people get caught up in the, I just want to be happy, I want to be happy. But they, they're looking in the wrong places, you know. I listen to lyrics and, and songs, you know. I wrote down a couple here, Josh. Uh, the one is the Sheryl Crow, you know, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. If it makes you happy, then why the heck are you so sad? You know, that uh, we are told that do these things, you'll be happy. But God said, to, you know, he said some things too. And in the end, we have to make a choice. Who do you trust? Who do you think really uh, is the, uh, the source and summit of your life? Who's going to be constant? Who's going to be the most trustworthy? Who's going to be the one that knows you in your own unique circumstances and can help you to be happy? So um, the other one was uh, from Guns N' Roses, but we'll save that for later in the show. All right. Time. All right. We'll let you break out your Axl Rose impression in just a moment, <laughs> Father. But uh, I want to also open up our phone lines. Uh, you know, when, when have you faced that tough time in your life, but you were able to be joyful because of your faith in Jesus? And how did your faith help sustain that Christian joy, even if you were dealing with some pretty heavy things that are happening, you know, the sadness or the grief that you're going through in your life, how could you still feel that joy because of your relationship with Christ? Our studio line, 888 Maybe you are in the midst of that right now, and it's difficult for you to find that joy. And that's why Father Martin is here as our spiritual director, able to offer you a little bit of help, encouragement, maybe some advice on your spiritual journey. Again, 888-914-9149. And Father, as you were talking, uh, a few different things really just kind of caught my attention that you were saying. You know, there's that complementarity that you talked about between sorrow and joy, and even in the greatest of sorrows, that we can still see joy. And I was reflecting this morning, thinking about this, you know, yeah, we have that foundation of joy in our lives because of the love of God, because of Jesus, all he's done for us, his atonement, uh, the, the free gift of salvation that we have in spite of our sins and our failures, the love that's given to us there. But I was also thinking that the joy that we look to is something down the road as well, because in that 12th chapter of the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament, we read, for the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross. And if we face those times in our life where it is difficult, maybe in that moment to see any joy as we're in the midst of tragedy. I, I was thinking, you know, it might be good for us to look at Jesus' example and set our eyes forward to the joy that is yet to come after we endure the misery that we're dealing with in the present moment. Yeah, that's a good point, uh, Josh. I th interestingly enough, I mean, sometimes in the greatest sorrow that there is a capacity to, like Jesus, he consoles the women of Jerusalem, and you're like, well, how ironic is that? I mean, he's the one that's, you know, suffering and dying, and uh, he's consoling them. I mean, are you kidding me? But many times at a funeral, sometimes you want to say something to a widow or someone that's just going through great loss, and they turn the table. They just say the right thing to you, and they're so grateful, and they're so, uh, so that can happen in the moment. But then what happens, of course, after the funeral and everybody goes home and back to their lives, then it's like then kind of the heaviness comes and the fact that my life is, is changed 
for the rest of my years in this world. And then it's, that's a, a time where we need that, that joy that it's a, a future arduous good. It's out there and it's waiting for me. And it's a definitive one. It's one that has been promised, assured that Jesus said, you know, I, uh, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back again. And I, I cannot deceive or be deceived. I'm not saying this just to be nice and to kind of, well, to blow some sunshine. No, this is a reality. And that's where uh, it's a great gift of our faith is that uh, this life is only a part. It's the beginning. Not, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not the summation of who we are and what we're going to be for eternity. And that's why we can be content that I don't have it all. I don't, I'm not perfectly joyful, but someday I will be. And I don't have to then hoard and, and cling and, and just become fr- you know, frantic in my desperation. I just need to have this now or, oh, no, it, it'll come. And for now, I acknowledge that I, I'm grieving, which is a process, and it takes time. And I, I need friends. I need people to support me, and I need to share this and be vulnerable with others sometimes, not with everybody. You know, sometimes you're going through something, and everybody knows it, and they're like, how are you doing? And I think that we do get tired of that. Uh, like Jaden, I think that probably as a little boy, he, he, everybody was so sad when they would see him, and he could feel that, and he didn't want them to be sad. And maybe... You know, as a little kid, you don't realize that they're trying to console. But he's like, you know, in the way that God designed children, they're a little more resilient. So he was able to to kind of pick up on, hey, I want you to be, when you see me, smile. I still have a lot to live for. My parents are gone, but they're alive in a different way. And anyway, I want other people to see that this isn't, you know, reason to give up or not to think that my life could still have a great meaning and a purpose. So Jaden really had a way of, uh, of living what you're saying, Josh, is looking out that, that kind of remote, distant joy. But we don't have to wait till we die to at least have a foretaste of it. It begins now, you know, and, right. and acknowledging that, all right, you know, it's still in this world. God uh, has given all the graces we need so that we can be at peace with whatever we're going through. And uh, to know that, hey, it's only for a little while. We're going to suffer for, you know, I mean, less than 100 years, Josh, will be done. And then we, we can go home. So for now, it's just uh, uh, compared to eternity, uh, what is, you know, uh, what profit a man to gain the whole world, but to give up his soul is what, that was the insight is that, you know, there's so much at stake. Why sell your soul for, you know, a temporary, ephemeral sort of pleasure when uh, you could be eternally happy in heaven? Our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin, a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Today we're talking about joy, how we have that true joy in Christ. When have you faced maybe some of those sad moments, those difficult moments in your life, but you were able to still have that joy because of your relationship with Jesus? How did your faith help sustain you and sustain that joy? even if you were dealing with some very, very difficult moments in your life. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149, Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And uh, just like Father was talking about, that peace that we can find, that hope that we have, we'll talk more about how some of those different aspects of what we experience all tie into joy. Coming up right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com forester. Oh, 
happy day. Oh, a happy day. When Jesus walked, oh, when he walked, when Jesus walked, he washed my sins away. One happy day, as soon as you realize that Jesus has washed away your sins, as soon as you have that hope of heaven, hopefully it's a lifetime of happy days, of joyful days that you experience. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and this is The Inner Life. Thanks so much for listening and joining us today, uh, our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin. We're talking about having that lasting joy that comes from knowing Christ, from being a part of God's family. Our studio line, 888-914-9149. And how have you experienced that joy in your life? How have you experienced that overwhelming, just freedom, uh, not being burdened by sin any longer, being able to live out that joy, especially in those difficult times in your life? You know, when you face those different uh, sad moments, the sorrows, the sadness, the grief, whatever you're going through, but still you can look ahead and look at the cross and say, yeah, I know it's difficult, but I can still be at peace. I can still have hope, and I have that joy because of what Christ has done for me. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, you know, uh, I, I mentioned a couple words. I've heard you say them in the course of the conversation here too, but these are two words that I keep on kind of finding myself coming back to over and over as I think of the joy that we do have as Christians. And so hope, that's one word. Uh, one of those theological virtues. And then the other is peace, one of the fruits of the Spirit. And can you talk about how, and it's not just like it's exclusively <laughs> that we can only talk about hope or peace. You know, we could talk about love and charity. We could talk about um, faith and belief. So many things that can be tied up that are kind of packaged there together when we look at that joy that we have in Christ. Yeah, I was just thinking that you know Saint Ignatius' feast a couple of weeks back, and uh, uh, he was uh, you know he discovered this this distinction you know when he thought about the things of the world that there was kind of an intense pleasure, but as soon as he stopped thinking about it, it was gone. It just wasn't sustainable. But then he started to read the life of Christ and the lives of the saints, and he found that that was a, a, a much longer lasting sort of a, a joy, a, a much more subtle but much more sustainable. That uh, it's like in the, if you're going to compare it to eating, it's like the difference between eating potato chips and, and eating, you know, something that's that's healthy, you know, that, that's good for you, provides energy that's long-lasting and uh, won't stick to your hips or whatever. And uh, that's that's kind of that, you know, that deeper peace. And Jesus said, I, he gives a peace not as the world gives it, does he give it. And it's the same with, with joy that, um, at least in my life, I was thinking, you know, in college I was struggling and I just, you know, why am I unhappy? And I hadn't been, I guess I... A lot of things you kind of take for granted in life, you know, I suppose. And then all of a sudden you hit the skids and you hit the panic button, like, am I losing my mind? What's wrong with me? And, and so forth. And, um, and then you really kind of, you know, start to scrutinize every little thing about yourself. And, but I think I don't know when. I never really uh, articulated it then. But I, looking back, you, you realize that if you just follow the Lord, it just, uh, you know, listen to him. If you love me, keep my commandments, follow me. Uh, you know, where you live in the Lord will come and see. Uh, you start to live his life, 
and the joy is a, is a consequence of that. But when we focus on happiness, uh, it's like we white-knuckle it, like we destroy it. We just try too hard, and, and uh, you know, we're so desperate for it that it, it's just like water. Be- it just flows right between our fingers. We can't hold it. It's, it's something that is here today and gone tomorrow. Whereas living the life of our Lord, the, the life of a disciple, God promised. He said, I'll take care of that. I know what makes you happy. I know what makes you sad. I, I know what your heart needs. I know what will help you to flourish. And you don't trust me. You don't think that I, I know what I made and, and how to allow that life to really flourish and to bear fruit, fruit that will remain. And that's been the shock. I mean, for me in my life, that some of the things that God has asked of me as a human being and as a priest, you think, well, that's, you know, that's a, that doesn't sound like much fun. Um, a friend of mine who's getting closer to retirement as a priest now, and he was young, his, um, his dad asked him, he said, Joe, you ever think about being a priest? He's like, oh, Dad, you know, I mean, they pray all the time, they work all the time, and it just it looks really difficult. And he said he'll never forget, you know, he never forgot what his dad said to him. He said, Joe, why don't you ask God for the grace to do something difficult with your life? And even though as a teenager, I'm sure he rolled his eyes and said, well, that, that's counterintuitive. But uh, that's the, the shock of it is that, and that's what, when you were quoting the scriptures about that um, you're going to rejoice when you're persecuted. I mean, what, are you sick? I mean, you're mentally off? Or what, what's, I mean, that doesn't sound like you're stable, but that's the, the shock. That's, it's like the auto, autobiography that C.S. Lewis wrote, the title that he gave it is Surprised by Joy. And <laughs> we'd have to say that, you can find joy in very surprising, shocking, you know, places that you think there's no way. I, so this is where the world will say that uh, religion is a killjoy. And following Jesus, I mean, you want to ruin your life, you just want to have no fun. And they'll say that we w- Christians don't know what they're missing. But many of us do, actually. We, we know precisely what we're missing. And uh, it wasn't really the, the great, uh, you know, formula for lasting peace and, and joy and happiness and hope and all these things. No, it was here today and gone tomorrow, that very temporary sort of thing. But but we could say to the world that you don't know what you're missing. You know, Come right. and see. Follow the Lord. I mean, give it a shot. And that's all Jesus ever wanted was, uh, why don't you just put your toe in the water? You're not going to be a saint by tomorrow. Uh, you know, he's not going to. But we have this sense that God somehow is, I don't know, I mean, it, either we're really unworthy or we're afraid of our sinfulness, like, you know, St. Peter, depart from me, I'm a Lord, sinful man, or... Or we just have this sense that it's, I don't, yeah, I don't want you to ruin my life. I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. I mean, it, to you know, have faith, and but the shock is, is that the faith has a much more sustainable joy, and uh, a peace that will remain long after whatever the activity is. That you go to adoration for a while, and you come home and you're happy, and you're able to love your spouse and be good to the kids, and it wears off after a while, but. Uh, much more sustainable than come home from work, pound three beers, and man, all right, these kids are getting into my hair. I just can't, I don't have the patience for them. So uh, people, they start to discover these things that, as Ignatius did. And he wrote it all about it, called it the discernment of spirits, and it's a beautiful, uh, sustainable, accessible sort of stuff for the average person like you and me. Father, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Joe, who's listening to us in Staten Island, New York. And again, if you'd like to join the program here, talk with Father Sam Martin. Our phone number, 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Hi, Joe. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Thank you very much. Um, in November, I lost my wife of uh, 52 years. And 
it, it was devastating because uh, she was my my love, my advisor, my you know straightened me out when I needed to be straightened out. And for 52 years, she would say the rosary on a, on her chair. And I have to be honest, many times I made fun of her. I would say, well, here, you're saying your rosary, and you want this, and, it, and you're not getting it. Why, why are you wasting your time? But then something happened when she passed. Uh, I can't explain it. But now I started, maybe a week later, I started going to the local parish because they have the rosary every morning at 8.30. And I would see her on the chair saying her rosary. And I would say it with her at the parish. And I've been doing that since November. And and I could not imagine not seeing her every morning with the rosary. And and something then went further. And I've been, I grew up, you know what, I guess what you guys call cradle Catholic. I grew up Catholic, Catholic school, the whole business. But, and I went to Mass on Sundays. But now, because of Gail... I go to Mass every day at 9 o'clock, right after the rosary. And then I go back at 3 o'clock because she liked divine mercy. So I, went, I go back around 2.30 every afternoon, and we, and we do the chaplet every afternoon, except on weekends because, unfortunately, they don't have it on weekends, so I do it at home. And I still, I'm still sad. I mean, I, I've listened to some of your talkers, and I have joy. And I have sadness, but I think they go hand in hand. You can't have one without having the other. And Gail and I both believed, and we had some kind of a <laughs> a pact. It was supposed to be that I went first, but she didn't live up to her end. Mm-hmm. And we agreed that we would meet each other after life, and we would have to be on our best behavior so we could get there. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying my damnedest to make sure that I get there to be with her. Because I do believe that I'm going to see her again in heaven. Excuse me. Yeah. Joe, it's a, your wife would be proud of you, and she is. And uh, her prayers go on and on. They sowed seeds of faith. That, um, isn't it that so often that it, uh, you know, the seeds are there? but they don't really germinate fully until maybe something, you know, kind of radical happens. In this case, you know, your wife returned to the Lord, to uh, our Father's house. And in the meantime, uh, not just honoring her and wanting to experience her presence, but something deeper is happening in your soul, Joe, and and that's recognizing the the labor of love that um, was happening right in front of you all those years. And you weren't, you know, opposed to it, but you weren't maybe fully convinced of it. And now, uh, and this is a reminder for all of us that, you know, because we worry about, like, our kids or our spouse or uh, extended family or friends, that, you know, I've been praying for this person, and they never, never came around. They just never, I mean, I feel like it's just, it's not working. The demons of futility are telling me that I'm wasting my time. Not true. Nothing given to God is ever, uh, you know, somehow less than productive, somehow, you know, set aside on the shelf and forgotten. No, God is a resourceful being. He knows that uh, we don't pray a lot or offer much sacrifice, so he has to use every little thing that we can offer. And Joe, uh, your beautiful wife and all that she did, now has echoed into your life. And please, God, when people hear this testimony, we're reminded that what we're doing is for the Lord. But he knows that we're also doing it for others. And 
and he knows we worry that it's not affecting them, not changing them, not, and we might just give up what we're doing because it's not working anyway, Lord, but uh, this is a reminder that all of it, everything given to God, uh, bears fruit that will remain. And uh, everything given to God is in a safe place, stored up in heaven. No moth can destroy, no rust can, can consume. These things are of inestimable worth. So um, beautiful how you're still keeping your vows, Joe, uh, you, know, in, in, you know, in sickness and in health until death do us part. And St. Paul says that nothing separates us from the love of Christ, not even death. So somehow we're still connected to our loved ones especially in the Eucharist. But, um, you know, all those devotions, the Rosary, we have the Feast of the Assumption coming up this Sunday, all sorts of beautiful ways to, uh, to be connected to those who have gone before us and not to waste the suffering, but to give it to God so he can use it. And he knows exactly what to do uh, when we offer him our hurts and our, our sorrows. So God bless you, Joe. Thanks for sharing uh, the love that you still have and always will for your wife, Gail. Yeah, and be assured of many prayers um, from so many people listening right now, Joe, as uh, you're still just kind of dealing with the loss of your wife, but also uh, for the repose of her soul. And I'll keep you in my prayers as well, Joe. Uh, Again, if you'd like to join the program, talk with our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin, as we do talk about joy, even in the face of those sad moments, those difficult moments, things where it doesn't seem like we should have joy, but we still can have that in, in our faith in our uh, trust, our belief, our relationship with Christ. How have you experienced that in your life? 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Email address innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll continue talking about joy, taking your phone calls as well, here next on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and thanks for being here along with us today on this program. Big thank you to Nick Sentovich and Jim Shaper for helping produce the program and uh, just making everything run so smoothly behind the scenes here. Our spiritual director on the program today, Father Sam Martin, a regular voice that you hear quite often here on The Inner Life. He is a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, and the pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau. And today talking about joy, the joy that we have through our faith, uh, through being a part of the church, and how have you, when you face those tough times in your life, how are you able to still be joyful because of your relationship with Christ? How did your faith help sustain that Christian joy, even if you were in the midst of something that really was sad, maybe going through some grieving in your life? 888-914-9149 is our studio line, 888-914-9149. And Father, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned in the last segment, 
sometimes we're the ones trying to hold on to happiness or we're doing something where, you know, we're making it more about us trying to be in control. And it makes me wonder, is maintaining control or trying to maintain control, maybe I should say, in our lives, is that just a huge obstacle for us to experience true joy? And what comes to my mind is, you know, if I'm on some sort of a road trip, if I'm the one driving, especially if there's busy traffic, you know, then I'm absorbed in trying to keep us moving, paying attention to all the other cars, making sure that I, I know where to take the next turn or the next exit, and all of those details. You know, if the GPS is bleeping at me to do something, I have to be in control of what's happening as I'm driving. But if my wife, if she's the one in the driver's seat, then I'm able to look out that window and I can enjoy, enjoy the ride uh, as we're moving along. And even taking that another step further, if I'm riding as the passenger and I'm more interested in being a backseat driver, if I want to still be in control of where the car is going, how my wife should drive or how I think she should drive, and I get frustrated when she doesn't do things exactly as I would do them, but if I let her drive, knowing that, okay, she's just going to get us wherever we need to get, you know, wherever we're going, if I just trust her to manage all the things associated with the driving, I can just relax and I can enjoy being along for the ride. And so... In the same way, if we stop trying to be in the driver's seat or try to be that backseat driver for God, if we just relax and give him control of where he wants to take us, if we can say, not my will, but thy will be done, will this help us experience that joy of our Christian journey in a deeper and more fulfilling, more sustaining way in our lives? No doubt. That's a great uh, analogy. I wouldn't do the backseat driving. I don't know a lot about marriage, but that's one that, uh, that, that kind of illustrates it nicely there, Josh. <laughs> but, uh, you, know, it's, um, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, we experience something that we just want to sustain. That, you know, you win the game, a uh, baby is born, uh, some uh, memory that you're going to share, and, and I just want to sustain. I want to feel like this forever. Well, that, uh, that won't happen. Uh, so the better thing is to accept that life is a gift, and there'll be enough grace today. Give us this day our daily bread. But uh, as the Israelites uh, crossing the desert, don't hoard. Don't you know? Not to worry about. Oh, I'm going to just store up so I never have to. No, that's not life. Uh, life would, it has its own rhythm and take it as it comes. And there's a song uh, by Twenty One Pilots. The refrain is "Taking my time on my ride." And um, yeah, I think that you know faith slows us down. And uh, we start to see life, uh, those little things, uh, become much more beautiful and much more uh, uh, relevant to us. You know, that Pope Benedict said one time that the best things in life are, actually don't have a cost. A sunset, a hug, a smile, a, a beautiful conversation that inspires. Those things are priceless. And uh, they become more, uh, as, as we grow in our faith, that does slow us down. Our heart starts to beat you know, to a different sort of a, a pace, that of God, who doesn't seem to be ever rushed. Uh, he knows himself. He knows, he, you know, puts his, he sets his face like flint and he heads to Jerusalem. Uh, he can be very determined, but never in a hurry, uh, never trying to just, you know, drink it to its dregs because this is all we're going to get. This is, you know, you've, you've topped out. It's never going to be like this again. There's a movie about football and this Dad is telling the son to win the state title because that's it. That's all you got to live for. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, uh, I hope there's more to life than that. And uh, and as we grow in our faith, then we start to recognize what Jesus was talking about. That 
unless you become like children. And God always, one of his attributes is simplicity. And that's where, uh, unless we live the life of our Lord, we're all tied in lots of knots. Everything is complex and complicated and, and not resolvable. But as we grow in, the, in our faith and our prayer life is uh, you know, becoming more and more uh, vibrant, uh, we're just spending time with God, these things, they are a fruit. But, and the focus isn't like, I, I just want to be joyful, I just want to be peaceful, I just want to be full of hope. No, the, the, the goal is I want to be close to you, Jesus. Wherever you go, whatever you have for me, I, I just want to be close to you. I know that it won't be easy. I, you're not promising me a, a life that will have no suffering. And no, I know that's not. You're a realist, Lord. I, re, I, I recognize that, and I, I've come to believe in you and to trust in you sometimes, not always. But um, then those other things come. But if we focus on, you know, I want to be happy, I want to be at peace, I want to have a good life, uh, we kind of paint ourselves into a corner. So. Well, that's that's more demanding for ourselves too. You know, it's uh, going back to a marriage relationship. You know, if I'm only interested in what I can get out of that marriage relationship, it's probably not going to be a very good marriage. Um, you know, if I'm more interested, I want to be around you, and I love you so much that I want to do anything I can to make you happy. You know, if that's the attitude we go in with, it's probably going to be a much better relationship. Right. It takes the pressure off, like you said. I mean, it's. Um... Uh, you know, our, our expectations can really make or break us. And so if the expectation is that, Lord, give me a heart to love my spouse, I, to love him or her as they deserve to be loved, I, I can't do it by myself, Lord. I need your help. But I believe in you. I know that you'll, you know, and if I fall on my face, well, that's part of loving, too. It's part of growing. It's a, these are just reminders that we're human after all and give us a sympathy for other people who struggle so we don't uh, look down our nose and say, well, what's wrong with you? No, we, we go through these things. And, uh, so once again, the Lord, he does keep it very simple. I mean, at least in my life, I just feel him saying, let me help you, and, which seems like well, God, the creator of the universe, the supreme being, no limitations whatsoever, is asking one of his creatures, let me help you. <laughs> but he has to because we just like, we're going to do it all ourselves. We're going to handle things, and I've got it, and, and we fall on our face, and we blame him anyway. Uh, uh, Why do you, you let this happen? <laughs> right, right. So he can't win. Uh-huh. It's like, well, dang if I do, dang if I don't. But, yeah. uh, that's but I funny. think that he, he understands us much better than we understand ourselves, and he's not in any big hurry. So as we start to recognize that, it slows us down a little bit. Stop and smell the roses, they used to say, and uh, those simple pleasures are really actually um, always available to us. Right. Well, Father, let's go back to the phones. Juan is holding on the line. He's listening in Concord, California. Hi, Juan. Welcome to The Inner Life. Today you're on the air with Father Martin. Thank you very much, and, and thank you uh, for listening to my story. Well, I, I just want to share, talking about happiness, you know, like the, in 2019, I lost my job, and I remember it was a Wednesday when I had to let that go, and and I was devastated, you know. I was right in the corner, where where do I go, what do I do now? And so the next day, uh, you know, I went to daily mass, you know, 8 a.m. mass, and I'm well known in the parish, and I remember I was serving on the altar, and, and after, you know, the, the Mass, the, the celebration, a little girl, like, I know this family, but a little girl, like, probably seven, eight years old, she approached to me, and she said, I have a question. How can you're always smiling? I wasn't smiling that morning, but she asked me that question. And then I just turned to the tabernacle, and I said, well, it is because of him. And, you know, that was a just a little reminder, like, you know, in every Mass we said, it is right and just, you know, to give thanks to the Lord. And it's like good times and bad times. 
And, and you know, like, after all, I got a better job now. Thanks be to God. I work for a Catholic radio in Spanish. I met my wife with the new, you know, time frames that I had in, 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 in the new job that I was doing. So I had the opportunity to meet the one who is now my wife. And we've, made, we've been married for two months. And it's just it's just amazing, you know. His plan is, is just awesome. And it doesn't really matter the situation. We, we had to find, you know, it's okay to be sad for a little bit, but not forgetting, you know, that he's always with them. The beautiful testimony one. I love how the little girl, just by, you know, pointing out what she had always observed. And kids, they just notice everything. They're wonderful that way. That, uh, and she said, well, why are you always smiling? And, of course, ironically, that day you weren't. But it reminded you that typically you had. And you knew that that comes from the Lord. And he would give that to anybody. I mean, it's just he doesn't discriminate. He loves every human being and uh, loves us all equally. It's just our capacity to receive him is not always uh, quite as equal. You know, our hearts grow or they they diminish based on fear and so forth. But if we uh, lay our head on the heart of Jesus, I always think of, of St. John the night before Jesus died, that he says he, he put his head on Jesus' chest. And I think, oh, that's prayer. That's uh, That's where we feel his heart beating for us that it's it's he loves me he cares about me he's not threatened by my limitations he doesn't think that he made a mistake and no he's just really proud and and not only does he love me now but he can see who i'm going to be i can't and i and i can't get there but his grace will be sufficient so um this is a you know the drawing straight with crooked lines or it was a senior quote one time that said if in life you reach a, a hopeless end Turn to God and you'll have an endless hope. And like a lot of those little phrases, kind of trite and so forth, but there's something true. And Juan, you found that, that on a day where you were, you know, rightfully sad, a little girl who had been watching you pointed out that you had been happy. Where did that come from? Because she wanted to know. And could she have access to that? Could I be a person that smiles? Mother Teresa always said that smile. She wanted her sisters to smile. She said that's the first experience of the gospel that people can experience. You know, it's the first thing that we can do for them to build a bridge. And how often, you know, we, we have a perpetual scowl because we're all stressed and, and tired and, and just moving from one thing to the next. I mean, when COVID kind of shut us down, I think the whole country actually collectively breathed a sigh of relief. You know, when there was a long quarantine, we couldn't go to work in the church. I think we were all so darn tired that we said, oh. and now we look back and say, well, that was a sign, a symptom that spiritually we need to rest. Yeah, rest in the Lord, find joy. down. That's right. Father, we're uh, just down to our last about 10, 15 seconds here. And a great note to end on with Juan's call. As we do conclude, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a final blessing this hour? May God bless, guide, protect each one of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. Of course, the podcast will be up and available on RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app in just a little while here. So if you missed any part of the program, you can go back and listen to the entire hour there. Of course, want to encourage you to stay tuned for Mass and join us tomorrow because we're going to be talking about, uh, it's the Feast of St. Maximilian Kolbe. We're going to talk about how we can live with that attitude of being a martyr. It'll be a great program. Hope you join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life.